Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Filmography is back and just in time for Halloween season, we're taking a deep dive into the master of horror, John Carpenter. Starting September 27th, host Dominic Suzanne Mayer and a rotating panel of guests will break down each of Carpenter's 20 feature-length movies to date, with new episodes every Thursday. Grab your synthesizer, your flares, and your best Shatner mask, and come along on this latest journey with us. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith With. It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org, Consequence of Sound, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Wherever you're listening from today, take a moment to hit that subscribe button right now, whether you're checking us out on YouTube, uh, the podcast, at iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts from, or whether you're listening on Spotify now, you can hit the follow button on there as well. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Bob Mould. He is back with a brand new record called Sunshine Rock. It's a bright one, it's a sunny one, but it's also got its fire and rage hidden within it. We're going to talk about uh, all of that and how he decided to make this type of a record. He's also living in Berlin these days. That's definitely on his mind as we get into a little political chatter that would go along with that. Working with an 18-piece orchestra on the new record and how a cover ended up on a solo record for Bob Mould for the first time in his career. He's one of my all-time favorites. It's Kyle Meredith with Bob Mould. How you doing? I'm enjoying the hell out of Sunshine Rock anyway. I, I heard you uh, in, in the past say you tend to make either a light record or a dark record, and I guess this is the light record, right? Um, yeah, I think so. You know, with uh, you know, with the last couple of records being a little heavier than normal in tone, uh, I've tried to you know tried to stay focused on on the brightness, on the sunshine this time, and I know. It might seem a little contrary given the, the state of the world these days, but, um, you know, I just you know, really try to make a point to, you know, try to add, add more melody, add a little bit of optimism, you know, as much optimism as, as I'm allowed to, to add to my records. 
just, you know, I'm real, real happy with the way this one turned out. And, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a cool record. It's a bright record. The, the, the album packaging is, is fairly bright and it's a, it's a nice change. Well, you've got, I mean, Sunshine Rock, Sunny Love Song, Camp Sunshine, just three songs, uh, titles right there that kind oh, of. West, uh, and Western Sunset, the oh, closer. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's, um, I mean, you, you kind of said that, you know, you know, despite what's happening in the world today. And, and I, I wondered that, like, do you make the decision to make sort of, I'm going to say, a happy album? Is it is that regardless of what your actual feelings or or the honest reflection of whatever might be going in your life may be? Well, you know, as I alluded to with the last two records, with Beauty and Ruin and Patch the Sky, both being you know a little more somber than normal. Um, you know, that was you know due to you know losing both parents in, in succession. And, you know, as we all get older, we experience a lot of loss and Lord knows there's been more since then. But, you know, for me, it's a, it was a very conscious effort. It was almost as if I was putting post-it notes around the house, around the apartment saying, try to think a little brighter. Don't let everything overwhelm you all the time. And yeah, I mean, with the, you know, the political climate can be very overwhelming. I, you know, I find personally the days that I don't wake up and go right to the news are usually my best days. You know, it's it's the days where I wake up and I read a book about, you know, the making of Blue by Joni Mitchell, or, you know, I read a Beatles, you know, anthology book, or, you know, to try to stay away from that stuff that really takes us down, especially at the beginning of a day. So, you know, it's just little things like that, little life maneuvers that, you know, they come to me, I guess. So that's, yeah, so it's 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 sort of writing forcefully with towards the optimism. And it's not to say that there are not dark moments on the record. There certainly are, but trying to illuminate things more. Well, I mean, I'll bring up the, the, the song I Fought. I mean, there's still some, there's a raging fire, it sounds like, going on on that song, especially. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a that was a pretty much a live one take vocal on the floor. There wasn't a, wasn't a lot of looking back after that vocal. You know, I, I, I think I tried it tried it four times, and I was like, "Oh, that's good. We have four to work with. You want the barbed wire? You want the broken glass? You want the set on fire? You want the thrown out of an airplane?" Uh. <laughs> that's your choices. That's your choices. <laughs> Those are the choices. So, and there's no comping. So if we. <laughs> Pick your poison, but right. yeah, yeah. There's, you know, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on. This might work in that as well because, uh, you know, I'm I'm calling you. You're in Berlin right now, and this is where you've been living living for the past couple of years, right? Yeah, I've been bouncing back and forth between San Francisco and Berlin, but mostly, you know, mostly Berlin. I'm just wrapping up the first two years on my uh, on my residence permit, and hopefully we'll get to stay might not be able to still working on that with the government but you know it's been uh, it's been a great experience it's a city that you know i remember before the wall came down and you know certainly after um, i have a lot of friends here it's a really vibrant amazing city with a lot of history it's been a real life changer for me just a real eye opener you know again in these times and not to get too political but you know for a couple of years now it's been it's just been really tough and really sad to watch you know, our government beating up on, you know, America's closest friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just really strange. And, and, you know, beating, you know, beating up a country, you know, and, you know, sort of pointing at them, you know, he's socialist, you know, and this, you know, these whole ideas, these exaggerated notions that, you know, socialism is, is evil and will end up like Venezuela. It's like, well, you know, I live in a social capitalist country and, you know, things are, things work pretty well over here. It's just been really educational and, 
you know, I know a lot of people are fortunate when they're in university or college, they get to do their year abroad. And for me, this has been sort of a, almost three years abroad. And you know, it's just been, you know, real, a real eye opener, you know, really, uh, you know, it's a lot of, uh, I've got a lot of great friends here. It's a lot of great art and culture and music. And, you know, I also love San Francisco, you know, it's not to, you know, not to say that, that America doesn't have wonderful, great things, but uh, yeah, I just wish people would stop spreading lies about other countries. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, when we've got when we've got a fella in charge who's, you know, he's apologizing for all the all the bad guys suddenly and and knocking all all the good folks out there. I mean, um, did you go to Berlin specifically to get away? Like, I know you can never escape what's happening in politics wherever you are in the world but but at least to, you know for the change yeah. of scenery and and the people that surround you and everything is that one of the reasons that took you to berlin or, or were you just looking for a change of scenery anyway you know i'm pretty nomadic by nature i mean anybody who you know anybody who's read the you know read the book on me whether it's the autobiography or you know whatever it is, i you know tend to move around a lot I, you know it's the beauty of my work and my profession that i can live anywhere you know, I'd been in San Francisco, I think, about seven years and just well, I was there for about six years. And I'm still there. But I mean, I've been there full time for six years and just really wanted to change after, you know, after Patch the Sky at the end of 2016. I knew that I was going to have a couple years of free time and, and it was the perfect opportunity to you know, do something different. So that was the you know, that was that was what precipitated the move. You know, I got set up over here right before the election you know, officially set up here right before the election. So it's, I don't think it was because of the election, but it was weird that it worked out that way. Yeah. Because I, I was I was convinced that the election was not going to go the direction it did. <laughs> I was actually in New York City. I had an off night during the election. And it was just, you know, the next morning was just frightening. So right. <laughs> it's like, all right, back to Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's obviously had a strong impression on you. I think I read even that uh, the artwork even has a hat tip to Germany as well. Well, a, li- a little bit. I mean, the, the you know, the cover has, you know, sort of that, you know, that swirls, you know, yin-yang, whatever people like to call that. You know, I mean, I, I, I remember as a kid seeing, you know, a couple different record labels that use those designs. So there's a, you know, a tip to that, you know, pulling the colors, you know, off the flag. Yeah, there's a tip to that. So, yeah, it's... um. Yeah, it's got a couple different things going on there. It's 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 pretty iconic and, and pretty cool, and uh, it's a fun cover. Well, I think the other interesting part about the album that it sounds like you've been excited about, too, is you're working with an orchestra this time around, which, which I don't think we've heard you do like this before. You know, I've always, you know, again, going back to, you know, being a small child in the 60s and, you know, listening to all those great, you know, great pop songs that had those, you know, lush strings, you know, whether it was, you know, all the Al Delory strings on Glenn Campbell stuff, you know, there's the things that Spectre was doing, you know, obviously George Martin for the Beatles. You know, I as a as a kid, those left such a deep impression on me. You know, in, in 1989, when I put out Workbook, my first solo record, you know, you was writing cello parts, you know, I had a couple different cello parts on that record. And, you know, went back to cello, you know, occasionally over the over the years, but to build it out to an 18-piece string orchestra was was really really fun. Um, you know, he's the Prague Television Orchestra. They they were great to work with. Um, I had a friend in Chicago that helped me with the transcriptions. You know, getting everything in the proper clefs. And then we had another another fellow who does a lot of strings for for other musicians. Took a last look at the charts. And then we sent all the basic tracks to Prague and you know, basically took them a day to get all the strings for, for five songs laid out. And it was just, it was really, really great to, 
you know, to, to just a really fun experience. And now that I've done it, you know, I fear that I'm like, what will I do without my strings now? <laughs> but, you know, it's, 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 it's a bright record, but it is still a heavy record. And to put strings on it, I mean, it, it works so well because it's all packed in there. You know, it doesn't feel out of place or whatever, these strings. And when, when, you, when you decide that the strings are going to be there, I mean, do you have to alter the way the songs are? Or do you find a way to put the strings to the songs in the way they exist already? Um, a lot of simplistic parts, simplistic melody parts were inherent in the writing. When I built them out to be string arrangements, you know, that would be a moment where, okay, guitar solo steps back, drums straighten out, bass takes foundation parts instead of melodic parts. You know, it's just clearing space for the strings, really. Anytime they show up, you know, get rid of one or two other things. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, and and the you know this. I think all the styles of arrangement. I mean, the song "Sunshine Rock" has the you know that classic '60s West Coast pop ascendant string you know arrangement at the end. If you look at a song like "Lost Faith," you know it's darker, more of the you know more European, Eastern European sort of you know melancholic strings. But then when it gets to the chorus, then it's like the, you know the sort of that specter kind of you know just punching the chord changes home. It's yeah, really really neat to. Really need to work with all the different, you know, all the all those different approaches with the strings. And you know, with all that in mind, is that is that how a cover ended up on the record? Because it's sort of from the era. It's a '60s cover. Oh, uh, send me a postcard. Yeah, it's a Dutch group called Shocking Blue. Uh-huh. I, I have a feeling more people have heard that song than they know. You know, like people are probably like, I don't know that, but you probably do. And it's just one of those songs that I've, you know, heard and loved as a kid. And it stuck with me over the years. And, you know, typically when when I'm making an album, I like to have a song that we use as a, you know, sort of a warm up tool at times you know, to set levels or do, you know, get vocal mics up and running. So with this album, Send Me a Postcard was that song because, you know, you can sort of mess with things and it's, you know, it's a cover and it's not as valuable as an original or so I think. So it's like, eh, so, you know, we're, we're not going to burn up any, you know, emotional collateral by doing it. So we did, the, we did the basic for it. And then I just said, let me take a shot at singing this. And it was the first time that I had sung anything in the studio for this record. And we just put up a vocal mic and I just lit into it. You know, and again, that was the first take vocal. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> it's like, that's fun. I don't even really know all these words, but this is great. And, you know, Jason and John and my engineer, Bo, you know, they were just in the other room like, you know, holy crap, that was insane. And, you know, then people started coming around the studio over the next couple of days just to hear, you know, management or whoever to hear progress. And it was the only song that had vocals. So that was all we could really play them. So, so it just became this sort of instant favorite. And as I got to the end of the process of making the album, you know, the 10 and 11 spot on the 12 song album, the, you know, 10 and 11 were always sort of in flux. I had other songs slotted in there, but they were pretty dark and they were pretty heavy. And I think it might have changed the whole tone of the album had I gone with those. So, you know, I quick wrote Camp Sunshine and, uh, you know, I actually did that on the last day of the sessions and then uh, sent me a postcard. I just looked at it and was like, oh, this is perfect. Let's put that at 11. And it, and it went perfectly into Western Sunset and made for a much more pleasing album close. Yeah, no, it works. So it's just, yeah, that's probably... Probably too much information for how people make, you know, I, I make albums the old-fashioned way, right? But, you know, I really consider sequence and, you know, story and how you get to the end. So 
yeah, that's 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 how all that happened. Yeah, that's what makes it a great album, an album, you know. And I'll emphasize that right there. You know, it's it's what makes it the fun listen from start instead of just a collection of singles, I guess. Yeah, thanks for making that distinction. And and you know, as sort of a as sort of a like you know, long time artist, I guess it's been really encouraging the past couple of years for me to see some of the younger artists. You know, like Janelle Monet, for instance, who really values the the idea of the album as a storytelling device. It's it's funny because a few years ago it seemed like it was very far in the other direction, where very much single driven, song driven, you know, of the moment driven. And now it feels like people are really trying to create narratives for their albums, and I think it makes the craft stronger all the way around. So I'm I'm happy you mentioned that, and I'm happy to see other people do it too. Yeah, well, when you've got a younger generation embracing. As we've heard, you know, for the past decade, embracing vinyl in the way they have, and, and, and even as we go more into a streaming society, which, you know, I, I like all forms. However I can get music, I'll take it. You know, I like to have fun with it all. Mm-hmm. But uh, but when it comes down to it, I also like to hit play and go on the adventure. You know, I, I appreciate when an artist kind of puts that in. So, you know, thank you for, for keeping, for waving that flag and keeping that flame alive. Yay, yay. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> Uh, next year marks 40 years in the business for you. I, I know you're going to be out there promoting a new record, but does that celebration mean anything? Will there be any, you know, kind of a, a big to do with something like that? Yeah, I know it's coming. I'm, you know, I'm since, you know, I'm always aware of anniversaries. It's, it's sort of crazy and weird. And I think, you know, in light of how busy this decade has been, you know, with the book and the documentary and three and three albums and, you know, a 33 and a third book about workbook, it's been, you know, just, an incredible, you know, sort of an embarrassment of riches. Is that what they say with it? Right. With that, is that, the, is that the, an embarrassment of artistic riches, at least for me, and to be able to make a lot of work and, and stay super busy for people? But yeah, there's 40. It's there. We'll come up with something special, I'm sure. Awesome. Well, I look forward to it. Congratulations again on Sunshine Rock. I've really had a lot of fun listening to it. Uh, it it's another great one. It really is. All right. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks for the support. I appreciate it. Anytime, Bob. Take care. Thanks. And my eternal thanks to Bob Mould right there. The new record is called Sunshine Rock. Uh, If you haven't already, please take that moment right now to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening from today. Uh, If it's iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from or if it's on YouTube or if you're checking us out on Spotify now, the entire series is up there as well. Please do hit the follow button. After that, you can head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern. It's where you'll also find some bonus episodes of this series. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.